11, 16 to 30. Before we read the scripture, let's pray together. God, our helper, you are the way, the truth, and the life. By your Holy Spirit, hear us and obey what you say to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Matthew eleven sixteen to 30. To what can I compare this generation? They are like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling out to others. We played the pipe for you, and you did not dance. We sang a dirge, and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say, He has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, here is a gluten and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners, but wisdom is proved right by her deeds. Woe on unrepentant towns. Then Jesus began to denounce the towns in which most of his miracles had been performed, because they did not repent. Woe to you, Shorazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the miracles that were performed in you had been performed in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I tell you, it will be more bearable for Tyre and Sidon on the day of judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, will you be lifted to the heavens? No, you will go down to Hades, for if the miracles that were performed in you had been performed in Sodom, it would have remained to this day. But I tell you that it, that it will be more bearable for Sodom on the day of judgment than for you. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to the little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal himself. Take to me all who are... All who, you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon and, le and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble heart in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Thank you so much for reading that. There are a few big words in there. Well done. We are looking uh, this morning. It's so good to have the choir here and, and just to, to be reminded and to be led by the children is, is a beautiful biblical image too. And we're going to let that flow into the message here just uh, as we reflect on God's word together. Just uh, our text here, Jesus speaking, Matthew 11, uh, especially verse 4. 25, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Congregation of Jesus Christ, we come into God's presence this morning, and, and I want to just to uh, think with you for a moment about God. Just about God, and, and to start by just thinking about who God is. 
So if I would ask you to use words that describe God, we use words to describe things and people and events. If you were to use words, if some of the choir members were to use words to describe God, what kind of words would we use? I'm not sure if the choir member would know different, different words. Words like eternal, right? God is eternal. He's, he's forever. Would you use a word like almighty, maybe, right? We would say God is almighty. And we would say things too. God is, God is perfect in every way. And we could go on to describe God using different words. Let me ask you, would you use the word simple? <laughs> simple? God is simple? It might not be the first word that comes to mind. That the God we sing about and the grace we sing about, and even in this passage, as, as uh, the girls read through some of the more difficult things, and it says, too, some of the woes that are given here by Jesus, and how does that all work? God is simple. And I want to just, with, with the children here, just to, to remind all of us that God is simple. And if, if you think about that, our confession, our understanding of the Bible as a church, sometimes you think too, Reformed Church, oh, very, very deep, complicated, difficult things. But the very first thing, that our confession from many hundreds of years ago already said, in the Belgic Confession, Article 1, we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth again this morning that there is a single and simple spiritual being that we call God. Simple. Very simple. Simple in the understanding that we have of simple. Things are simple. God is simple. Simple to the point that a child can understand. I want to think about that with you this morning just for a moment. Though we, we often wonder how is God, who is God, what is God, what is all involved with God, we need to start with the wonderful truth that God is simple. And the reason is, why do we need to do that? Why do we need to have the children come? Why do we even have a children's message in the service? We always do here. And the reason is, the reason we have to declare in our heart and mind that God is simple is not because God is simple, but because we are, you and I, we who think we're so smart and we're so able to understand and, and grasp and take hold of all things, no. We, we are the simple one. Our human nature is very limited. We only live a few years. If we actually think about it, we only understand a few things. We are not even the great philosophers of our age. We are not the great minds of this world. We are very ordinary people. I am, you are, we are very simple people. So if there's any chance 
any chance at all for us simple, sinful people to know anything about God. We have to hope with all our heart that he makes himself simple for us to understand. And that's the first gift of his grace, that he makes himself simple so that we might have a chance of understanding who he is and his love for us. And this is the truth the Bible declares in many places. Mark 10, verse 14. Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God. Well, what is the kingdom of God? I'm not even sure. It's so big and complicated, and the church has something to do with it, and and by grace I have something to do with it, but the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. And there in Matthew, Mark 10, Jesus is talking about three, three four-year-olds. And they're not even three, four-year-olds in the choir, right? No, can't do that. They can't even understand choir things and, and this. But Jesus takes the little ones who can't even be in the choir. And he says, they, they understand. God makes his grace, his love, the assurance of faith so simple. They receive the kingdom. I tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. That's Mark 10, 14. Our reading this morning also talks of children, and with the children's choir here, to think about that, the simple love of God. This morning, I want to show you just how God in grace makes it simple for us to know him. God makes himself so knowable. First thing I want to touch on Uh, thinking of the kids here too. Uh, Among the kids in the choir, like the youngest ones, like how how high could they actually count? Like the little ones, right? Like there, how high can you count? Can you count to a hundred? Probably not, no. Can you count? Can you count to one? Yeah. One. We can all count to one. And the Bible tells us, God, there's one God. So if you can count to one, you can start to know God. In the time of the Bible, there were many religions, many different nations, many things going on. And the main thing about all the other uh, nations and cultures and religions was that they had many gods. Many, many, many gods. Hundreds and thousands of gods. There were gods of the hills, gods of the valleys, gods of the rivers, gods of the lakes, gods of the trees. And if you upset one of those gods, you weren't sure. Why things were going bad for you. Why maybe you got sick. Why maybe something didn't work out the way you wanted it to. And you wondered, which of these gods is upset with me? And what do I have to do? And and it was very confusing and very upsetting. And there was no comfort. There was no hope. Also, in the Greek and Roman culture of the New Testament, Paul goes to Athens. And it says he walked around that huge city. 
and he saw it was filled with idols and, and statues and, and shrines to all kinds of God, God after God after God, to all kinds of different gods all over the world. And he came, and he could only count to one. And he said to them, there's only one. So only one. It's simple. If you are right with this one God, then you are right forever. The simple truth, the simple faith was his message in a very complicated world of those days and in our world too, still today. Many religions, many ideas about how to live the spiritual life. In response, we as Christians can just say there's one God and one Savior, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. What a message, a simple message of hope. The second thing I just want to highlight for you out of this passage too, what is God doing? And we can think about, yeah, God is doing many things. God is doing all kinds of things. But we can say and understand very succinctly the one action of God through the whole Bible, even as Jesus is here speaking, that he has come to save sinners. The message of the gospel, the message of salvation, God's desire, God's simple, single, persistent desire from the fall of Adam and Eve right through until Jesus comes again, is that he wants to save sinners. And like Paul says in Romans, I'm the worst. I'm the worst. I need that saving. So I know, I know in my heart, it's what I need and this is what God is doing. That's why Jesus is here speaking. That's why the Bible continues to speak into our lives and into this world. That's the simple message of the gospel. In a very lost and sinful world, with all its troubles, its sadness, its hurt and pain. And I think we saw that this week too with the death of the, the three young girls who died on the farm out by Eckville. How can that happen? God never wanted that to happen. That was never supposed to happen. This world was, was good and, and perfect. There was no death. There was no pain. There was no sin. But that's all changed until Jesus comes again. And that's the hope that we have. So it's the one clear work of God through all history in the Old Testament and the New Testament summarized in the most familiar verse in the Bible, John 3.16, God's love for a world that is perishing. All who believe will not perish but have eternal life. And that's why the choir sang too, the amazing grace of God, beautiful to share. In our text, Matthew 11, verse 16, Jesus speaking, he points to the children, and, and he has a musical example. And, and he starts there uh, that he just wants a, a, a simple response, a simple response to his message, to the message of the gospel. And, and maybe you wondered what it meant there. It's very simple to explain when it says there, Jesus is, is speaking, we played the pipe for you, and you did not dance. What he's picturing is a wedding. We had our son's wedding just a month, six weeks ago. And, and 
oh, was, was, what a joy. We, we celebrated together at, at the reception after the meal. Then the music began, and, and without any invitation or anything, the kids came out and started dancing. Because when you hear the joyful music, what's your simple response? The dancing. He says here, we played that music for you, and you did not dance. He's looking for just that simple response. This is, this is the music of God's grace. This is the joy of his presence. People are not responding. They're thinking. They're worried. And then he adds, we sang a dirge, a dirge. It was, yeah, we don't use that word too often. It is a, a funeral song. And again at a funeral, when, when I do funerals, people are there, children are there. The adults are trying not to cry. The children cry because it's sad. So why not cry? Well, we can't cry. We have to be strong. We have to be brave. We can't just, well, no, sad. We can cry. The picture is of a simple response. Jesus talking about simple childlike faith. In the joys, in the sorrows, we can be sure our God is there and put our trust in him who wipes away our tears and fills us with joy in so many occasions. In Matthew 11, verse 25, Jesus says it specifically in our text. Things are hidden from the wise and learned. And reveal to the little children. God, in his grace, makes it clear. If we would just receive the simple message. I know there are, there are adults here, parents and grandparents, who, who like nothing better than, than to read the children's Bible with their kids. Do you have children's Bible, some of you? With pictures and things? Yeah. And so... So for adults to actually, and parents and grandparents to actually read the children's Bible, just that beautiful, simple story, just made totally plain so the children can understand it. But it touches their hearts. All the struggles of church and this and that and everything else, all of the upset, all of the worries fades away. Here it is. The simple story of God's love. Jesus came with the message which even the kids could understand. And the question is, do we receive it? Do we simply receive it, though we cannot fully understand it? And that's the thing. Usually in our arguing about the understanding, we don't receive any blessing at all. The final point is that by looking simply to God, Simply to Jesus. What do you and I need to do to be saved? What do we need to do to be saved? What does the Bible tell us? How can we take hold of this great salvation of God? And people will say all kinds of things. You need to, you need to know all of this stuff. You should read through the whole Bible and even have it memorized. You have to do this, 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 and that, and this, 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 and that, along with most of the stuff I like, and then you might be saved. 
We make lists and point in all kinds of directions. We say, too, you have to do things with the church. You have to do things with your money. You have to do all kinds of good things and absolutely no bad things. The Bible says, Acts 2.21, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Very simple. Too simple, we say, it's too simple. No. No, we are missing the truth when we say that. It's that simple. Believe in God, believe in Jesus. Just like the thief on the cross. He was there, he was a sinner, he didn't understand everything. He hadn't heard everything. He didn't know everything. And his life was no example to anybody at all. And Jesus said to him too, you will be with me in paradise. Why? Why did Jesus say you will be with me in paradise? The man just said, Jesus, remember me. Jesus, I don't understand. Jesus, I'm not sure, but, but I, I, I know you're special. I know there's something about God at work in you. And I want to be part of it. So simple. Also, Acts 16, the story of the Philippian jailer who was, was not very nice to Paul and Silas and, and who comes to them after the great earthquake, Acts 16, and, and who says to them, what must I do to be saved? And they just tell him, believe in Jesus. How much did he know? He knew the grace of God. He put his faith in Jesus and he was saved completely and eternity, uh, eternally. And that is still the message we declare. And the kids declare in the choir just a simple God, a simple faith. Simply believe. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for making yourself known to us. For offering us your gracious love in Jesus. Though we definitely, not one of us here, not even the smartest one here, really understands even a little bit of all you are and of all you have done and of all you continue to do. But we believe and we confess that we need you as our Lord and Savior and we pray you will continue to work in us that simple, humble truth. Make us confident in you, in your great love, in Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen.